In this episode, Jesse and I discuss artificial intelligence and how designers can continue to have an impact. Welcome to Colored by Design. This discussion series looks at design topics through a uniquely biased lens. Our hope is to empower a new breed of creative as they enter, mature, and navigate through the business world. I'm Corwin, Senior Global Creative Director. And I'm Jesse, Senior Experience Designer. Let's get into it. Hey man, how's it going? Hey, pretty good. How are you? Good, good, good. Good. So Jesse and I were just talking about uh, some of his focus uh, while he's, you know, what he focuses on while he's at the job mm-hmm. and uh, machine learning yeah. is your area of emphasis right now. Yeah. And uh, he was just sharing with me a, a project that he was working on and helping to synthesize some of this information that he's way deep in the weeds on, but bringing it mm-hmm. in, in a format that people can really digest and understand what you're, what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, speak to that if you don't mind. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think that I can trace the roots of what I'm doing back to something that you and I started or, uh, back at Active when mm-hmm. we were talking about uh, every Tuesday we'd have a little share out of, of tech stuff that was happening. What, to expound on that, one thing Jesse has this really great capability, anything he reads he gets it like on first read and he loves to read and then he loves to read all the tech journals and tech pubs and all that stuff. And so he's just a wealth of knowledge and he can has this great ability to be able to synthesize the information and make it plain to regular people. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I I do my best. Um, (laughs) But it was something that you started and a few years ago when we were talking about, you know, just sharing things that I was seeing happening in the industry and trying to relate that back to what's happening or what was happening at the time. Uh, at Active, and so from that seed has sprung um, really my area of focus in my day job today, you know, some five years later, where uh, prior to my current position, I worked at a, a startup that was focused on conversational intelligence, mm-hmm. and we were building experiences for all of the messaging platforms, whether that be Facebook, um, Apple Business Chat, Amazon Alexa, Google Home, really anything with an API uh, exposed that we could kind of, a a platform that we could hit, we would build for. And so I had the opportunity to work with a lot of pretty illustrious clients and uh, really closely with developers who are, you know, day to day in the weeds on this kind of uh, conversational platform stuff. And at the time I I, I was unaware, but it's actually in an area that I think is in in a great demand uh, today. Companies are, are concerned with this new kind of type of computing, this new platform, uh, this smart speaker landscape that's emerged over the past few years and trying to figure out how their experiences translate to this new medium. Um, and so through this world of bots, uh, I, I became more acquainted with the field of artificial intelligence. Right. Uh, primarily because with uh, speech recognition, there are a lot of kind of machine learning techniques that are utilized in order to be able to make that work, specifically natural language processing. Uh, when you're talking about things like um, intent recognition or entity extraction, meaning understanding what you're trying to say when you say something like, Alexa, do X, Y, Z. Like, what are you saying? Right. Um, and, and let me let me pause you for a second, because now you're getting off into some pretty complex stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. as we sat down and started this podcast and this discussion series, it was really about trying to help designers mm-hmm. um, understand this next wave of evolution that they need to get ready for. Yeah. Right. And I think you um, are doing just that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so if you, if you wouldn't mind, I mean, you did mention that, you know, you were working for a, a company that was doing a lot of, uh, you know, kind of 
voice recognition type yeah. software solutions or, or, or applications and such. Um, talk about your transition because you started as a you know a proper true blue designer, mm-hmm. then went into you know visual design, you know product design, yeah. and then you got over here in this AI world and, and, and started doing this chatbot stuff and these you know th- this whole area. I mean, yeah, it's it sounds like science fiction. Mm-hmm. And 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 just for those of you that don't know, Jesse's been in the design game now formally for what about five years? Would you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, about five years. And he went from uh, you know a, a very green j- designer to designing a, a, an amazing suite of products and, and and being instrumental in a huge acquisition, and then on to these other great companies, and now where he's at now doing mm-hmm. this 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 language stuff. It's just yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's really kind of fascinating. I was just thinking about this, um, so I'll get to that. I think what my focus has been is I've had the opportunity to work really closely with. A lot of really talented developers and business people who are literally reading the scholarly articles the day that they're written, and then working that back into a platform that that that, were, that they were selling. Right. Um, at, in a startup environment, things are moving very quickly, um, and the the founders have gone on to to found another AI company that's doing a lot of really interesting things. So it was a, a wade into the deep end of this world of AI. Now, were you were you angling for that, or did you just no, kind of stumble upon it? I I stumbled upon it Um, and really it's interesting the kind of getting your feet wet uh, getting into this space and designing these conversations is very closely related to information architecture and just understanding the flow of an experience or even like content design or information design Mm -hmm. Um, starting from you walk into the airport and you need to get to your plane. Mm-hmm. What are all the intermediate steps that you have to take? What are all the checkpoints? What are all the possible yes, no? It's very kind of an experiential mindset right. uh, that you take to trying to do design for these experiences. And like you said, I started from the visual design core, really a marketing kind of graphic design. Mm-hmm. And there's been a, a really kind of steep evolution into this new space, but it was not necessarily planned. Um, right. I was actually just thinking about this on the way walking down here to record how how the new needs of design have have pulled me into this place that is very much focused on experience design. We right. talk about that as like user experience as it relates to interfaces, but it's really more in this case user experience as it re- relates to something like hospitality design or right. like the flow of a restaurant. That's right. These very abstract and that's really what I'm enjoying now. Yeah. As a maker, you know, I would have not thought. I, I, I started because I like designing T-shirts. Right. And I'm so far away from that now. That's right. But it's really, <laughs> it's been a really interesting kind of transition. So. Well, what I, what I like about it, and and you know, all those different things. I mean, the only word that, not that you're just dropping, dropping terminology, but mm-hmm. you know, service design is a is a big part yeah. of like really mapping out these full end to end experiences and mm-hmm. every touch point that you know people interact with and all. But what I really like is that you know it, when you're doing like web design or you know in product design, you might. Well, really more in web design application development, you start hearing the term information architecture. Mm-hmm. But that's not what really where information architecture really came from, is it? No. I'm, where did it really come from? No. Where did it really come from? That's the question. I mean, from what I've learned, and again, I'm not a student of it, but information architects were really part of that um, 
team or, or they came out of, and, and again, obviously in a whole bunch of different, you know, roles and such. But mm-hmm. when we started seeing all the, what are they, the telephony systems where you dial mm-hmm. in? IVR. IVR. Yeah. I mean, I was listening to a, um, a podcast one day and there was this woman talking about how she was an information architect, but she would help sculpt and really craft those experiences mm-hmm. way back in the day. Yeah. And, and then she started, you know, kind of parlaying that information architectural experience into more web applications and products and, and other mm-hmm. things. But yeah. but what I love, and, and you said it, is that designers and design is really starting to get way, way more broad than it ever has been. Mm-hmm. But oddly enough, the core discipline of it, mm-hmm. uh, where we all might have got into it doing graphic design or, or app development or you know identities or branding, advertising, marketing, mm-hmm. There's still place for that, but yeah. it's getting further and further away from it. So I yeah. mean, where you've evolved to, um, by 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 you know grace and luck and good fortune and mm-hmm. keeping your eye on the prize, that's that's the evolution that I think a lot of people in our discipline need to be ready for that mm-hmm. kind of pivot. Yeah, yeah, and 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 assisting with that pivot is really where I'm focused now. So um, in my experience and being able to work in the startup environment that I worked in, it was. I had an opportunity to absorb a lot of really great information and working directly with the first party platform providers, be that Facebook or, or Google or Amazon, on deploying some experiences, even OnStar, funnily enough. Hmm. Um, because uh, these these systems ultimately, this uh, being where your customer is kind of approach, this omni-channel approach is something that a lot of brands are embracing. But through having that really in-depth experience there, I, I was kind of given a, a, a push down this path. And from that point, I've continued down that, that road um, and really absorbed a lot of information. And I want to help assist other designers with making that transition as well. So right. even if you know my, my job now is focused on going into the deep end, um, as deep as I can because I'm not a computer scientist and there are a number of these lectures that I'm watching or courses that I'm taking that it's like I got to pause the video every minute and like okay what did he just say let's rewind because there's a lot of really core kind of computer science foundational techniques that are involved but the idea is to take this information out of only the hands of developers and data scientists and business people but to empower designers to be able to have the language to at least sit at the table and understand what's what's happening and um, continue to ask questions that keep the spotlight on the human at the center of the experience. And and, and if you don't mind me jumping in, one of the things, you know, I, I'm a big uh, skeptic of trends and, mm-hmm. and things like that because, you know, over the last 20 plus years, you know, the trends come and go, yeah. but some of the core foundational elements are still hold true, yeah. you know. Um, designers have an, a significant advantage in that the way, like I said, you're a maker, mm-hmm. and that making does the 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 way we process and 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 put pieces of information together to come up with a solution is really one of the key strengths of of of, of you know design practitioners. Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm gonna kind of reach back to this article from Fast Company from 2016 where it talked about, you know, five design jobs that won't be here, mm-hmm. you know? And and again, it started off by saying, you know, we have UX designers and visual designers, uh, design researchers, uh, traditional industrial designers, and even like the chief design officer role, and that those jobs will evolve. Mm-hmm. And back then, they were saying, hey, you know, virtual interaction designers mm-hmm. will become a new job title 
in in in, in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, specialist material designers will become you know something that 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 we need to that we need to have discipline for because you're going to be dealing with wearables and different types of technologies and even going screenless, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that, right? Algorithmic and AI design specialists, mm-hmm. which is kind of where you're. Yeah. halfway teetering on and kind of talking about yeah. you know those design this you know uh, you know data scientists that, mm-hmm. that you're working with and even the, the information that you're learning and so I, I I go back to that because that's one of those you know trends predictions patterns that has manifested and mm-hmm. we're seeing it in real time yeah and you know I, I I grew up in the 90s and 2000s and I mean even the 80s mm-hmm. uh, but I saw so much technology come and go yeah from you know my dad was an old jazz guy had his old stereo system so I saw his you know real to real hi-fi giant speakers that were mm-hmm. like literally you know eight feet tall and yeah. these big beautiful mahogany boxes that him and his guys would make and they're just absolutely beautiful kids yeah. with all these tubes through cassettes, through eight tracks, through records, through laser discs, through CDs, through MP3s, through all these technologies, VHS, beta, all this technology has come and gone. Yeah. And here we are, and you're a great example. Product design was at its peak about five years ago, as far as really getting into the DNA of a lot of these traditional brick and mortar companies mm-hmm. and, and enterprise companies, banks and all that. And now we're already seeing in five, three, four, five short years, yeah. starting to pivot away from that. You yeah. know? And, and, and I mean, I think that's one of the things that I've always been excited about. And when I went back to teach school, it was because the educational environments were institutionalized and they weren't really teaching what was happening in real time in the workplace. Yeah. And, and, and you have to stay ahead of it, especially as a designer, because your job will be obsolete in a matter of moments. Yeah. You know, and you have to be ready to move on to the next. Yeah, and I don't think that those traditional design discipline jobs are going to go away. But I do think that there is going to be a subset of designers within an organization that need to have a focus in a new area in order to prepare the organization for that time when it comes. And, and that's kind of where I've sat now. As you said, you pointed to that AI design kind of specialty from 2016, that's squarely where I sit today. Um, And that's something that I have been championing within my organization because we're thinking about, it starts from, and I think there's gonna be a number of different specialties just like there are in any other field. Uh, I think there's certain types of accountants, right? You're still an accountant, but you might be a tax accountant or you might be an accountant in a business or different types of law that you can practice, there's different types of medicine that you can practice, there's different types of design that you can practice. Um, But this started as a need for kind of a conversation designer. Right. Um, Someone who's focused solely on creating those experiences for messaging channels specifically. But the, and, and the differentiation I'm making between conversation design and AI design is that Artificial intelligence is going to show up in a lot of different products and services in a lot of different ways. It's a foundational kind of capability that technology has. I was reading one article where he, it was Ben Evans, actually, he's a a partner at A16Z, Hmm. Um, but he compared uh, AI to relational databases in that it's it's a transformational technological capability that will just underlie everything that we use. We won't even think about it, right? When relational databases were new, when people were thinking about it and talking about it, but you know, 30 years later, it's just part of everything that we use. Right. Um, and so similarly, 
the integration of AI into our products and services is going to be something that we eventually don't even notice because we're so used to it. But that doesn't mean that we don't need to have considered application of these technologies or else there's so much power and capability in these technologies that it can easily be led astray. Another article that I was reading was about managing bias in machine learning. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's interesting because not only can we, you know, program biases into these systems through the use of data that we expose to it, but it can also pick up biases that we're not even aware of because it's seeing things in the data that we can't see or that we wouldn't relate. Uh, One example was that Amazon explored using AI in their uh, resumes to determine like the screening process, making it easier for them to determine uh, who was worthy of human consideration. Hmm. But one of the things that they noticed was that it was discri- it was discriminatory that the training data was based primarily on male resumes mm, because right. uh, that's just the, who's mostly represented in good candidates at Amazon right, right. now. Heavy. So when they get hired, um, it was picking up on things that humans weren't looking for. So obviously the names might be gendered, and so you you, you try to correct and balance for that. Right. But it turns out that human male human <laughs> that <laughs> males were using different language that's to right. Uh, describe their achievements right. than women were. And that's sure. not something that humans, even when we're looking at human bias and trying to think about how would we be biased against one thing or the other, we weren't, we couldn't see that pattern right. emerge over that large amount of data, but the machine did. And so the machine kept that bias in the system. Amazon discovered this bias and so they didn't deploy it at a larger scale. But it's that type of thinking and consideration that. Um, is going to be required, and especially as you start thinking about moving into things like facial recognition technology right. or uh, any a number of different things, you know, uh, even like algorithmic sentencing for crimes that we commit. This is something else that was, that was kind of pitched. You think you're removing human bias from a judge, and you might be, but that doesn't mean that you've removed bias. And there might well, be bias that you can't see. And so yeah. that's the area where... Uh, as you think about the things designers need to tackle or can tackle in these organizations, um, that's an area that we can help provide some value. It's interesting because I, I, what you're talking about is extremely complex, mm-hmm. and um, it really, I guess, historically, and this is going to be kind of a mild diss to a lot of our design you know, counterparts, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, historically designers will go deep into the craft. Mm -hmm. Designers will go deep into their likes, preferences, you know, uh, because they're designers, right? And Mm -hmm. that's where they find value and passion and and joy and everything else. But to solve some of those problems that you're speaking of, it's going to take a whole new way of thinking and seeing the world. Mm-hmm. It's going to take, I, I, I was just having a conversation with somebody and we were talking about some of the challenges in a business. And, you know, we oftentimes get so laser focused on my deal. I think we talked about it, you and I, where it's like, you know, the, the, you know we're so focused on, well, the button should be blue because our system is blue. No matter mm-hmm. how well that button performed, it needs to stay blue. Right. And it's like, hold on, we can't get out of our own way because we're so focused on the design law rule principle bias Mm -hmm. that we've built into the stuff we build. And then we want to force everything else to align to that preference or choice or bias that we built. Mm -hmm. 
And so in order to be really, I mean, play hardball, be in this for the long term, be at the front, you know, at, at the tip of the spear as it comes to technology, development, evolution, innovation, and staying relevant long term, mm-hmm. it's going to force designers to take on a slightly different role um, or not even a different role. I mean, I think really just kind of lifting your head up and looking at and looking at your your environment differently. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're in a corporation, you're in a small design firm, you're a startup company, this idea anymore of that's the only way it can be done, mm-hmm. it's it's out the window. Because what I love about your Amazon example is that the 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 humans were trying to find other humans, mm-hmm. and they said, "Wow, let's." us humans take some of the technology that other humans have created to help us humans make better decisions as humans. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, wow, we humans didn't recognize this bias that was built in by the humans. Mm -hmm. And it took the humans to undo the bias and figure out the error that the, that the quote unquote AI was making, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't, it was based on humans. Right. And so it's like, I love that story because it's still going to require humans to intervene and be able to look at that strategically, intelligently, and thoughtfully and understand how do we solve this problem, still leverage the benefits that technology is going to give us. Yep. But man, I mean, we it, it's no longer just as just about pushing pixels. Yeah. It's no longer about composition, grid, typography, hierarchy, information. There are so many other challenges that you know we need to think about and uh and get and get ready for especially if you want to be relevant long term and really add a different type of value in your organization or even to your own career yeah and i i think i'll be honest it's going to be a different type of designer um or a designer who is willing to have a different mindset when it comes to approaching these specific systems the leaders in this field are all computer engineers Right. They're the people who are writing the models, by and large, the people who are doing this innovation in this space. And in order to operate in that field, you have to learn a new language. That's good. Um, you don't necessarily have to understand the mathematical constructs behind why things are working the way that they are. But it can be helpful in order to know what biases to look for. So so then, I okay, so that, that that's a great point. So let's then... Uh, not burden everybody with this like this stressor like oh my mm-hmm. god I'm not going to be able to survive as a designer in the in the 20x century mm-hmm. um, it is a different person yeah that, that that might be well equipped for example I love and I'm, I'm super excited that Jesse's over here in this lane and learning about this type of stuff it is not for me whatsoever mm-hmm. I have no desire to 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 go down that same road I'm extremely excited about it and I might you know, kind of compartmentalize it as information that I need to know mm-hmm. so that when, you know, sitting in with a team, da 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 you can add value to the conversation while you might be in, in, in that at that table yep. contributing a different part of the to the conversation or to the problem to be solved. Mm-hmm. But when you see a problem, it's like information like what Jesse has just shared with us and he has so much more to share, that can be valuable to those engineers in the room. Mm-hmm. Hey, Stacy, do you think it would be possible if we use, I've heard about AI here in this capacity and I've read some articles and I was listening to this podcast, where, when, when, would that be relevant in this scenario? Mm-hmm. Oh, it actually would. Hey, well, if you do start deploying that tech in there, I would love to learn more about it or, mm-hmm. hey, good luck, go for it. Yeah. Right. I think, you know, we all need to contribute wherever we are in society 
and in, in your in, on your job and, and, and performing your task, even if it is just planting a seed for somebody else to pick up and run with. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And as we think about this new space, I think that our relationship with the people who are writing these models and doing the actual work of implementing AI or ML systems in these companies is going to be similar to the relationship that business has with design today. Mm. Um, we have a unique capability and a unique skill set that we utilize to um, help bring the, the, the vision of business to life. Right. Um, but business is not getting into sketch and doing all the stuff that we're doing. Right. Um, only. It, it's part of it, but maybe right. not right. only. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so in that same way, I think that if we have a, a clear understanding of the way these systems work, uh, we can help to set the vision uh, as we have done in the past with our you know comps that we create or service blueprints that we provide and say, this is the direction that we should be heading. I think, you know, those type of documents are still going to be super valuable right. um, because it's like what uh, AI systems are, are tools. Uh, just like a washing machine is a tool. Right, right, right. But, and this is, again is something I, st I stole from Ben Evans' article on, on managing AI bias. But essentially he says that uh, a washing machine is a tool, uh, and it, but it's only good at what you give it. it. It can only take what you give it. So if you give a washing machine clothes, it's going to wash them. But if you give a washing machine dishes, it's going to wash them. Hmm. But you're going to get a completely different outcome because you didn't know what specifically you wanted, right? You have to have a clear awesome. a clear understanding of what it is that you're looking for and utilize the proper tool for those things. He says uh, machine learning is no more intelligent than a dog. It's, it's not as smart as a dog, right? Hmm. Um, so like you said earlier, humans aren't gonna be out of the equation by right. any means, the, uh, any stretch of the imagination. Um, where design can have a seat at the table that right now, I think data scientists and, and brilliant, you know, as they are, and, and they should be, uh, and develop, developers are setting the goals and the expectations and the desired outputs for these systems yeah. uh, and, and, and sourcing the inputs and the training, the training data, um, all the things that are required to make these systems work. And so if we have an understanding of what those things are, we can ask questions. Like you said, like, hey, I, you know, I think from what I understand, based on the type of data that we have, if we utilize this methodology, we might be able to get this result. What do you think about that? Right. And just being able to have the language to learn from the people who are experts in the field right. is really, you know, that's kind of been my charge is let's help teach people the language that they need to know to learn from the real experts. That's, I mean, that's what I'm doing. I'm spending a, yeah. a great deal of time learning from the people at MIT or DeepMind or or Amazon or Facebook AI or, or wherever, um, the people who are actual computer scientists and doing the work um, but that does mean that uh, designers can't be involved but it is going to be a different type of designer like we said you know there's a visual designer there's an interaction designer there's yeah. motion design there's graphic design there's you know uh, uh, type design right there's there's different there's lots of different types um, but this type of design specifically um, it, you know it's 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 analytical mm -hmm. it's you know, it feels it feels math based. It's not really because you're not actually doing the math, but if you understand how what the math is and why it's working that way, I think it's really closely related to like business design or service design when you're talking about designing the inputs and the outputs and desired outcomes. Right. Setting the vision, saying this is the service blueprint. This is all the ways that we could possibly interweave machine learning into this experience to make it smarter, to right. make it easier, to make it more seamless for the end user. 
Um, and so when you come at it from that perspective, you can still add a lot of value, even if you don't know the math. Right. Yeah. You're, you're helping craft the experience. And, and one of the things that designers are really, you know, if you, if you start from, from the, the, the core, it, it is a, we're communicators. Mm-hmm. Our job is to bridge this gap between, you know, party A and party B. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always what it's been. And I think as we get back to that discipline, you'll start to be able to, I like your example of using it as a tool. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, wow, okay, I've got this big toolkit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, AI is one of them. You know? I can do this really cool thing with computer vision where I right. can tell the difference between a Diet Mountain Dew and a Sprite, even though they're both <laughs> green bottles. Right. But, you know, maybe as a developer, you, you might be in a, on a product team and your developers come up with this really great capability, but they don't really know what to do with it. Right. That's where you as a designer and your business partners obviously can all sit together That's right. and creatively come up with, oh, I've been, we've been trying to solve this problem for our user over here. We, we have a lot of pain based on our, our design research, our user research in this area. And I think we could possibly apply this capability to this business problem in order to solve it in this really kind of new and unique way. That's right. Um, and in, in that, those conversations are where there's going to be a lot of added value. Um, and, and again, it, it is a bit abstracted away from the kind of craft portions of design, but depending on the size of your organization, you might be able to take that insight and then weave it back into your products and services. Um, and there's also going to be a need to determine the sources of your data. Uh, thinking about the way that we design products today, even if you were to take away this idea of, of AI and ML and machine learning, and all that, you know, deep learning, all that stuff starting to ask questions around data, like where are we getting this data from? Um, what types of data should we be capturing? Are we, or are we capturing today? Or what are we not capturing? Why? Um, thinking about data privacy, data security, right. thinking about all of the things that people care about outside of organizations right. that you within an organization might be blind to because you're trying to hit all these other capabilities, other metrics. Right. Um, and I think that we within design have been so trained on human centeredness that even as we teach that to our business partners, we can bring that human centeredness to these discussions to For say sure. like, hey guys, this is actually kind of creepy. Uh, we should maybe go about doing this in different ways. It's right. just, and if you aren't there, you can't provide that kind of level of insight and detail. Um, so I think, you know, at a high level, the, the idea is learn the language that, you know, is being spoken at that table. We've said, you know, a number of different times, but this is just another kind of way that you can add value, even as the landscape around you changes um, and becomes more focused on these systems. Uh, and, and less on the specific interfaces and you'll still be able to pr- bring that value that design can provide. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing. I love it. That's what we need to do, right? Is really, you know, use this medium and this environment as a way to help you guys learn more and more about the design landscape and the design industry that you're going into. So hopefully today's talk was helpful. It was great for me. Thank you for sharing, sir. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the interviewee today. Uh, cool. Thanks for listening. To stay up to date with all things Colored by Design, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor.fm. And we look forward to hearing your feedback, so please leave us a comment or message on your platform of choice. Thanks so much. Cheers.